That's a mighty handsome critter. He has a very ugly face. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking the same thing about you. <laughs> you know, the little critters of nature, they don't know that they're ugly. They don't? <laughs> Hello and <laughs> welcome to the inaugural edition of Barefoot and Bearded. I am your host, naturalist, mountain man, Joel Robinson, and I have my first two guests right here. I'm very excited. They're sitting next to me in my little mini office here at our house in Lad Canyon, and they look very excited and nervous. And um, rather than give them introductions, I'd, I, I think they should introduce themselves. So here we go. Who's going to go first? Hi, I'm Sydney Robinson. Okay, and, and what is your relationship to me? I am his daughter. His daughter? <laughs> <laughs> so we're speaking in the third person today. All right, you mean my daughter? Yes. All right, excellent. And then who's sitting next to you? Hi, I'm Leslie Robinson. And what is your relationship to me? I am your wife. Oh. <laughs> And so we're, we're, we're going to do this like our, the intros to our tours, our nature tours, just for fun. So um, where are you from? And you can interpret this however you want. Who goes first? I am from... You are from, yes. Come on, just be, just spit something out. I, how about I was born in Newport Beach. Oh, and I, I happen to know what hospital. Starts with an H. Do anybody guess? Yes, that's right. It is? Hogue Memorial. Hogue Memorial Hospital. All right, and Sydney, where are you from? I'm from... <coughs> A mountain. <laughs> She's from a mountain. All right. The real honest answer is from a 14-year-old. So, uh, and by the way, Sydney is cuddling with our rooster, Pecan. I don't know if he wants to say anything at the moment. Here, hold the mic up to him, see if he says anything. Oh, there. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for the introduction, Pecan. All right. And he might crow during this podcast, so be prepared for that. And for those of you who have called me on the phone, you have heard his crowing before. So I'm looking at our website calendar, and on May 18th, I'm really excited. We filled the last two slots of a tour experience on the Pechanga Reservation out in Temecula. They have a great oak tree that they say could be anywhere from 800 to close to 2,000 years old. And if you want to visit this great oak tree, uh, it's a pretty uh, rare opportunity. Uh, you would need to call Myra, and they have uh, one tour a month on the third Friday. And uh, so there's more slots open for June, July, August, and onward. So call Myra at 951-770-6300. You have to make reservations in advance. They only have a certain number of slots. Um, but that's a unique opportunity to see one of the oldest oak trees in the entire United States. 
pretty pretty incredible. I've seen photos. I haven't seen it in person. So uh, Sydney and I are really excited about doing that uh, this coming Friday. But for the general public, um, we and you don't have to make reservations for this. The third Saturday is the Children's Activity Day or Family Day at the Orange Homegrown Farmers Market on the Chapman University campus. And uh, that's on the 19th from 9 to 1 p.m. I will be there with our outreach booth and we'll have some activities, foraging related activities. I'll bring my fiddle along and uh, maybe we can crack some acorns or walnuts uh, and I'll help you identify wild edible plants that might be growing either along a trail or in your front or backyard or in a parking lot or anywhere. So that's uh, the foraging, fiddling, and fables um, activity that we're offering at the Orange Homegrown Farmers Market on May 19th. Also on the 20th, uh, I'm really excited, I haven't done this in a little while, try to do it once a month, but we have the Pirate Sea Cave Adventure at Dana Point starting at 10 a.m. on the 20th, meeting at the Pilgrim, the Brig Pilgrim Tall Ship in front of the Ocean Institute. And uh, I hope you can come join me on that. Um, please make reservations. All that information is on our website. And uh, you can definitely call. 714-649-9084. Naturalist for you. So uh, I'll be dressed as a pirate. I hope you can dress as a pirate as well and speak like a pirate. All right, mateys, it'll be quite a lot of fun. Anyway, that's what's coming up this weekend. Uh, and uh, now we're going to move to Sounded like a mountain lion? A bear. Are those your final answers? Or a hog. <laughs> mountain lion, bear, or a hog. Do you want to hear it one more time? Mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's good. A man with really bad phlegm. That's Sydney's final answer. And I'm sticking with mountain lion. Mountain lion. All right. I'm going to give you a hint. This feathered animal has one of the largest wingspans in the United States. It's a turkey vulture. Larger than a turkey vulture. You're on the right track with what it eats. So it's, it eats carrion. 
Yes. And this is this is actually oh. a captive bird at a carcass. It's a um, condor? Yeah. Yes. Good job. California condor. <coughs> there is another bird, by the way, that has, according to, uh, let's see, Birds of North America, the uh, National Geographic Field Guide, there is um, another bird that has the same wingspan as a California condor. And they come from Canada. I wonder if you can guess what I'm thinking of. Can you, do you have any ideas? This goes out to the uh, listening audience as well. What do you think? Come from Canada? Yeah, they, they, they migrate here from Canada. Oh. And... I'm looking through my guide here to give you the exact wingspan now. Can you help me go to page 50? Do you have an idea? No. What is page 50 here? Can you tell me what it is? A pelican? Yes. What kind of pelican? Brown? Brown pelican. Well, there is the brown pelican, yes. No, the American white pelican. But, yeah, look at the width of the American white pelican, the uh, wingspan, I should say. 108 inches. 108 no. inches. Isn't that incredible? 108 inches for the wingspan of the American white pelican. Now look up California condor. There. What's the wingspan of the California condor? 108 inches. Interesting, huh? is the largest wingspan of any bird in North America. Very cool. All right. Well, it wasn't a man <laughs> spitting phlegm, and it, uh, as much as it sounded like a female mountain lion in heat, it was not. So we have learned something new today about California condors. It didn't sound like it was in heat. It sounded like it was eating something. Oh, okay. That works. I'll accept that. <laughs> anyway, um, for the next... Oh, this is... This is one of my favorite titles. This originally came from Jesse Peterson here in the canyon, Silverado Canyon. I remember him <laughs> eating a wild plant. And this is an exact quote from Jesse. He wasn't necessarily, sh necessarily sure what this plant was, and yet he consumed it. And he said to me, it doesn't taste poisonous. So that is the title of our next activity. It doesn't taste poisonous. And so, uh, are you both ready to eat something that has been wild foraged? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell everybody what you have. Um, we have an acorn. acorn. So, uh, what kind of acorn is this? <laughs> pretty, pretty large. Came from a... A uh, coastline oak? No, a black oak. No. No. <laughs> what, what type of environment do we live in? What topography? Oh, topographic canyon. Topography? Canyon live oak. Very good. So that, that produces one of the largest acorns I've ever seen. I've seen some the size of golf balls up at Santiago Peak in the Santa Ana Mountains here in Southern California, Orange County. Um, so I've been leaching these acorns whole uh, just by soaking them in a, a bowl of cold water and changing the water every day for a few weeks now is the lazy, uh, I don't have time to pulverize them into a meal approach, 
course, it takes longer to take out the tannic acid. But it, and I don't know if they're ready yet. So basically, you are my guinea pigs. You get to taste these Canyon Live Oak acorns and tell <coughs> me if they still have tannic acid in them. Are you ready? Yes. You, I want you to be as descriptive as possible. Hold that microphone close to your mouth so everybody can hear you chewing. Oh, gosh. Are you ready? Go yes. ahead. Okay. Making a face. It's chewy. It's chewy? Yeah, it's chewy. But it actually doesn't taste bad. No bitterness? No. Are you sure? If there's even a subtle hint of bitterness, then I gotta keep tasting them. Actually, they're kind of bland. Oh, good. We're on the right track then. So all you get is nutrition and none of the yucky flavor. I like it. Really? You gotta speak into the mic. I like it. It's really oh, good. Excellent. You should do the promo for Acorn. I like <laughs> it. It's really good. <laughs> I don't know if I could eat these all the time. Well, what if it was made into a porridge and flavored? Like if you added some uh, prickly pear cactus fruit in with the porridge or something else? I would keep it in a few more days. It has like this sort of a bit of astringency. Oh, it does. Kind yeah, of. my mouth is kind of numb. Kind of numb? Yeah. Like, kind of, like, very minimally? Yeah, minimally. Yeah. Are you sure? Numb is the right word? No. Or is it, you said astringency, so you're saying, like, there's that sort of, um, yeah, like, numbness. Oxalic acid feeling where it's taking the enamel off your teeth and yeah. sucking the moisture out of your mouth? Yeah. In fact, I need water. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the faces are priceless, folks. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like based on the cringes, the squinty <laughs> eyes, the frowns, the <laughs> confusion, uh, that I need to leech these, what, another week or so? Just a few days. Just a few days. All right, if I pulverize them, it'll automatically knock that time down. If you have any questions about leaching acorns, there's many different ways to do it. This is not the best approach, but it's the one I'm doing right now, just for fun, to see how long it takes. Okay, moving on, we are in the urban myths section of our program. Does raw milk go bad? No. And how do you know that raw milk does not go bad? Because you keep raw milk in our cupboard. And this is, this cupboard, the temperature of this cupboard, keep in mind, is whatever temperature the house is. So in the summertime, it could be 80, 90, 100 degrees in this house. And in the wintertime, it could be as low as 30 or 40 degrees in this house. Fahrenheit. All right, go ahead. And he buys it from Mother's Market. I wish I could milk a cow. I still haven't done that yet. So if anybody has access to a cow where I can hand milk this cow, please contact me at 714-649-9084. Naturalist for you. Yes, 
and he brings it home, puts it in the cupboard. Oh, what what brand is this? Oh, this is. Do you remember? Clarabelle. Yeah, Clarabelle. So uh, they're they're in the glass containers at the Mother's Market in Santa Ana. I think you can find them at some of the other Mother's Markets. They have a yellow cap. For this, for the whole milk, yeah, whole cow milk. The goat milk one is a green cap. So I buy this at Mother's. Go on. He brings it home, put it in the cupboard, and he basically waits for it to turn cheese into cheese. Um, so or, or yogurt. Or yogurt. Right now it is it's not turning into what he wants because it's quite chilly outside. So so the cooler the temperature, the slower it changes form. Mm -hmm. But that I don't have to wait. I've realized that at any stage in this process, and this can last for a few days or a few weeks even, the, mi the milk is consumable on any given day, right? Yes. So, and, and can you describe what it looks like at different stages? Well, when you get it, it is, a quarter of it towards the top is sort of yellowish white because it has already start started changing. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it is white, like normal milk. And, um, white liquid, yeah. And as it starts, as the, if it's warm and it starts changing, then it starts to get more yellow, and then it starts becoming, it, like, comes together more, mm -hmm. and turns into, like, a, not so much a water liquid, but, like, a yogurt liquid. It gets lumpy. It gets lumpy, and then... As time goes on and you still have it, it turns into like a ball of cheese. Yeah, and, and, and there's a clear liquid, so you get the yeah. curds and the whey. This happens usually when <coughs> it's uh, the warmer time of year, uh, but then I'll get more of a yogurt type of thing when the cooler months of the year. And what's funny is sometimes you'll hear a pop, like a, and the cap will literally shoot off often ricochet in the cupboard uh, because uh, at some stages it starts fizzing and you can hear an audible fizz and I've even drank it uh, when it's fizzing and at all stages it has helped with my digestion tremendously obviously I'm alive to tell the tale and it can smell really strange uh, at the different stages but it's never gotten me sick or anything actually but Keep in mind, this is only raw milk. If this was pasteurized milk, where a lot of the bacteria has been killed off um, before it, uh, you purchase, uh, that milk can definitely go bad. In fact, you'd probably let pasteurized milk go bad in your own fridge, and it starts growing mold and, and smells really, really horrendous in like a dangerous way. And that could make you very, very sick. I don't know, maybe even kill you. I'm not sure. but. Uh, for the raw milk, it just changes. Um, and there's all sorts of, you could read up on this. There's, there's definitely some vocabulary that you can learn in relation to all of it. Uh, and people talk about kefir and um, uh, probiotics and all that. So uh, in any case, we have determined through our own experimentation, using myself as a guinea pig, that raw milk does not really go bad. It just changes form. And it is still 100% consumable.
Next up we have Trail Mix, and this uh, title came from Patrick Mitchell, my friend Patrick Mitchell's friend uh, that he works with. Uh, his name is Chris Boucher. So if you're listening, Chris, thank you so much for the title suggestion. Uh, it was one of the more popular suggestions for the name of our, our podcast, but since Barefoot and Bearded got more votes, um, we're going to use it uh, for this section. And basically what we do is we read, we have our guests read the ingredients from just common processed foods. Uh, and in this particular case, I was just walking the trail and I found these um, snack bar uh, wrappers. And um, we'll, we'll go from there. Leslie, you, she's going to read, read the name of the snack bar, what company uh, it's from, and then read the ingredients. So tell us about it. Okay, so this is a Nature Valley almond butter. It looks like granola nut bar, butter chocolates, artificially flavored. And I can't wait to hear what the ingredients are. Um, this is from oh, this is a General Mill General Mills. Uh, the the makers of Cheerios, <coughs> right? Yeah. So. It starts with almonds, and then corn syrup, sugar, whole grain oats, almond butter, palm and palm kernel oil, rice, starch, sorghum, crisp, rice flour, non-fat dry milk, vegetable glycerin, cocoa, fructose, salt, canola oil, whole grain oat flour, soy lectin. Lecithin, yeah, cornstarch, sunflower lecithin, honey roasted almond butter, which is almonds, honey, malodextrin, palm oil, mixed to talk. Oh, maltodextrin. Oh, maltodextrin, palm yeah. oil, mixed to cofferols. Oh, of course, to cofferols, <laughs> tocopherols. <laughs> I'm totally familiar with those. Aren't you, Sydney? And then <laughs> barley, malt, extract, baking soda, and after all that, natural flavor. And and then what what does it say right here in the bottom right it hand It says corner? partially produced with genetic engineering. All right. Thank you for reading the <laughs> these ingredients. So um, what do you think of this particular snack bar, Leslie and Sydney? What? something you, worth consuming? No. Why not? Um, well, first, the fact that it ha it's made with GMOs is kind of scary. Genetically um, modified organisms? Yeah. And then... Yeah, I'm surprised that it just says it right flat out. Partially produced with genetic engineering. There you go. Right on the package. I'm not making this up. What, what were you going to say? Oh, um... It has a lot of sugar in it, corn syrup, sugar, and fructose, and then um, palm oil. Um, Why are you concerned about palm <coughs> oil? Well, just the devastation of the the forests right now uh, affecting the the orangutans. And the over uh, Borneo. Yeah. 
the over um well I guess we overgraze everything so hmm so a lot of people are familiar with palm oil and its effects on rainforests I suppose and you can research that on your own oh even pecan our rooster is concerned about it <laughs> he's like wow <laughs> but um I what blows my mind I don't know if you feel Sydney I don't know how you feel about this but the um the title of the bar it says it's the peak edition peak as in like climb a peak of nature valley uh and and they're known for their granola bars i remember them even when i was a kid like in preschool for lunches and and um, known as like a healthy thing to take on a trail when hiking and yet you read these ingredients and it sounds like one of the most unhealthy things you could possibly take on the trail or anywhere and wouldn't you wouldn't even want your pets to consume consume this it's just I, I don't know it's pretty crazy and and granola what is granola can you tell me you two what what is granola what is it composed of oats oats yes what else honey yeah keep going maybe dried fruit maybe and one other thing nuts that's it so what are all these other ingredients for? So, listeners, if you have a favorite processed food and you would like one of our guests to read its ingredients on a future podcast, just send me an email or give me a call. I look forward to learning more about what is in our food on future editions of Trail Mix. Okay, we've been building up to this. I know the suspense has been killing you, but the... <laughs> This is my favorite title. I wish the podcast was called this, but I, I will accept that it'll be a section of our podcast. Um, we are now, drum roll everyone, we are now at the time where we share stories about shitting in the woods. All right. So you can bleep that out if you don't want small children to hear what I just said. Um, <laughs> it's just pooing. Yes, poo. So um, shit in the woods. Have you done it? And if so. Yes. Uh, Leslie says yes. What about Sydney? Yes. More than once? Yes. Sydney? Yes. Oh, of course. Because you're, re you're related to me. Yes. <laughs> so, how many times? I couldn't even count <laughs> how many times. <laughs> uh, that's fine. You don't have to have an exact number. But uh, are you willing to share a memorable story? Either one of you or both of you. I think Leslie probably I, has multiple shit in the woods stories that we'd all like to hear. There's no memorable. <laughs> what do you mean no memorable? If memorable. You it, it's memorable. Uh, Come on. At least one comes to mind. I think... <laughs> The first time I ever did it, it was kind of, kind of liberating in a way. I know that sounds weird, or maybe it doesn't, I don't know. Well, it's liberating to poop anyway. Well, yeah, well, you know what, it's kind of cool, especially when you're in a really nice place. Okay. Well, instead of staring... To tell you the truth, I'd rather go outside than inside of any porta potty or public restroom. I think they're disgusting. 
I, I would have to agree with that. <laughs> so, but I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying in the city I would sit there and just go to the bathroom outside. I'm, I wouldn't do that. But I would say that if you're in a really beautiful place, secluded from anyone else, and you have to go to the bathroom, that that's probably the best place. Okay, but so you said the first time, so that's it. I don't. Do I don't remember, remember where it was. No. I don't remember. Well, what were the circumstances? I don't remember. This doesn't help us out at all. Sorry. <laughs> what do you think it was on a um, hike or a camping trip or something? Probably. Probably. I mean, we've done primitive campgrounds before in the past, so it could be. I don't remember. Well, I, I'd have to add, just generally speaking, it is. When, when you have a, a beautiful view of, say, mountaintops or a woodland or wildflowers or something like that, and, and there's a nice breeze instead of the, the chemical smell or, or the smell of other people's poo or something like that in, a, in, a, in an enclosure, I would, I, I would have to agree with you. It's definitely I, uh, much more pleasant. I do have a funny... It's a funny story that you've told a lot of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, when you used to work at Park Santiago in for the city of Santa Ana, mm -hmm. and you had the, um, you guys had the greenhouse over by um, the canine facility near where the train goes by. So for those of you who have not been to Santiago Park, it's the Santa Ana's First Nature Reserve, it's off of Memory Lane and Main Street, right near the Discovery Cube and Main Place Mall, and Mother's Market, where we get the raw milk. And it's before Sydney. Before Sydney, it was in existence, so this right. is more than 14 years ago. Yeah, but we were married. Okay. And living in the Aspens. The apartment complex next to the park yes no we were living literally in the aspens a bunch of trees <laughs> off the side of the road uh -huh. anyway. <laughs> so um so we're at the our native plant nursery yes and i had to go to the restroom like really bad and, and there's nothing around there in fact that lovely park doesn't even open their bathrooms wasn't because it has a lot of homeless. Was it, wasn't this before the new visitor center? Yes, it so, was before so the visitor was center. Disgusting old bathrooms where they wouldn't even open they were them. Up and and folks who were desperate prior to you would come over to the entrance of these disgusting and bathrooms. go to the bathroom on the door. On the door, you could see the brown streaks. It's the weirdest the thing down the door to the I have ever seen. Or <laughs> People are so gross, but I is all I've got to say about that one. I had keys to that restroom, but it didn't really matter <laughs> because it was way far away from where you Yeah, were. so basically, Joel gave me a bucket... I think it was a, uh, was it a five-gallon yeah. container for, like, nursery plants. Right, and and then that was it, and so and I went, soil. yeah, and I went to the bathroom in the bucket, but I didn't in have anything. In the, in the greenhouse. Yeah. So you had privacy. Yeah, it was privacy. The only thing that would have seen me would have been the train going by. 
That's right. There were drain cleaners. Yeah. But, um, but I didn't know what to wipe with because there was nothing. Yeah, I didn't give you any toilet paper. So I grabbed a leaf that was a really nice size leaf. Real nice, broad. Yeah, broad and soft. Leaves. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. I was outside waiting right. for you to finish. And then I finished and covered it with the soil, and I was done, and I didn't think anything else of it. And then Joel goes, why does it smell like peanut butter? And lo and behold... There was this, just as you had finished, and you were out again, and you seemed relieved, and you were smiling. This, yes, I was this, smiling. This whiff of peanut, peanut butter, butter. Smell was just floating around you, and I, I was so confused. So, lo and behold, I had wiped my butt with Jimson weed. Well, I was... I had asked you, like, wait a second, what did you wipe with? And inside the greenhouse, not not something we intentionally were growing, was Jimson, Jimson weed. Yeah, so for those who may not know what Jimson weed is, it has this giant white trumpet flowers. You find the plant in vacant lots. It likes disturbed soils. And it's, well, this is the part where I became immediately concerned. What What is known about Jimson weed? Isn't it a hallucinogenic? Yeah, it's super hallucinogenic. And you had wiped your own butt with it. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, oh, wait a second. Is it like a direct way to your blood? Like, well, if you insert it, I didn't insert the leaf. <laughs> I just wiped the outside. Yes. Well, yes, I a lot of drug me. users will inject and put stuff up their butt, yes. Yeah. But I did not it wasn't do that. Up your butt. It was just what? And no. the peanut butter smell comes from the leaf. Um, uh, and it, and it, it's weird how much like a peanut butter sandwich this leaf smells. But I will let you know that it was soft. Yes. So and it, it, actually, it was biodegradable. And it worked, right? And you didn't. Yeah, it was fine. You didn't have any hallucinations. No. You just your butt smelled like peanut butter afterwards. But I mean, who's that's, gonna smell my butt? That's no not one. Bad. That's like just makes people hungry for lunch, right? <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Okay, that. I think was... I think that's a good first shit in the woods story for our <laughs> inaugural episode of this. Okay, podcast. I'm glad to amuse you. So everybody, if you hadn't noticed that it sounds like I'm hiding inside an air conditioning vent, um, <laughs> we haven't figured out what to. Um, I don't. I, not being a, a tech audio wizard, I don't. I don't know what to do about that. So we're just gonna stick with the podcast in this form, and then I will talk to somebody who knows more than me, and maybe um, we can get things little clearer for next time. But anyway, um, we have some other sections I'm excited about, uh, but honestly, um, Sydney and Leslie do not don't have the patience for all of them, are not interested. So I, I let them choose some of the next sections that they want to do. Um, I do have a section called No Escape, which is where we discuss about one-use disposable petrochemical products and our effort to avoid them. Uh, you know, things like about um, getting plastic bags at the grocery store and trying, you know, everybody wants to give you a plastic bag even after you say no, or straws at restaurants, things like that. Um, so that's No Escape. Uh, and then we have Deep Green Thoughts, which is um, a title that Scott Celtic Knot Scott Sink came up with. And that's going to be a section about 
reviews of, honest reviews, I should say, of local natural and cultural resources, including local parks, new books, educational services, eco-products, nature visitor centers, films, and television shows. Um, but Sydney and Leslie, you're not interested in doing those, right? No, thank you. <laughs> our other guests, hopefully, for our longer podcasts, we can definitely explore all of this. Um, but uh, Wayne gave us a title uh, called Back to Our Roots. So that'll be a section where we have a series of questions for our guests. And one of them really caught um, Leslie's eye. So um, we have questions like, what is your favorite nature movie or TV show? Uh, and just below that is, what was your worst camping experience? Leslie, take it away. <laughs> OK. So it was your birthday which is July 27th, which is one of the hottest months and the hottest days of any year. And um, we camped at Blue Jay Campground, which is up Ortega Highway. Um, yes. And that campground is a non-host, um, correct? It's, I know it's, um... They might have hosts sometimes, but not when we were there. No, it, it's a for, forest. Yeah, National Forest. National Forest, National forest Park. And no hosts when we were there in the middle of the summer, which is, I think, strange, but whatever. And, um, it was Sydney when she was... She's a little toddler. Not we even had, that. We had a little, oh... She was like a baby. We had a little like portable crib for her. Yeah. And and we didn't have a, a tent for. Our, I think our she was standing, but not walking yet. Okay. But she could stand. So she's super young. Yeah. And. Um. You, me. Yeah, and so we got there. And what, and oh. Our parents, my, my parents were going to come, but later. Later. Yeah, at the smart time. And we borrowed, well, anyway, it's cooler. <laughs> well, it's cooler. And, but, uh, you're, we had, because we didn't have our own tent, we borrowed. We borrowed my parents' tent. <laughs> ancient tent from, like, 1970. That you had to use the stakes. It had these <laughs> met heavy metal poles. And, 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 and plastic stakes. Like, it's weird, the metal poles, but the stakes were plastic. They weren't metal? No. They were plastic. That's dumb. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. And, and think about the ground, in a, in a, in a campground, the, the surface of the soil. It's so compacted, it's, it's like very hard. It was, it was, yeah, so hard. So, we get there, and we're all, like, ready and excited, and we get out, and I put, I make the... It's like a hundred... Yeah, and I make the pack and play up for Sydney, and I put her in it, and um, and then we proceed. And to then we proceed out. to figure out the tent, which was the most confusing <laughs> pieces than a tent. It was like a two-bedroom tent. It was huge. Mm -hmm. It was like I was. I felt like I was building an actual house. Yeah, like and so. So that wasn't even the hard part initially. It was basically trying to... Oh, yes, we forgot a hammer, which would have been very helpful. That's right. So Joel went around and looked for rocks. Of course. And... The rocks aren't... Strong enough. Strong enough. 
even though we're, I'm basically hitting plastic stakes into the ground. So the ground is too hard. Yes. The rocks crumble when I hit the stakes. So the stakes aren't going into the ground. No. And, and the only way to hold this tent up is, you know, tying it to these stakes. But that's not even, like, the horrible part. The horrible part, besides the heat, is these little tiny black flies that are... Oh. Flying into our nose, our eyes, our crotch, our underarms, everywhere. And so, not only are you sweating and getting frustrated with this stupid tent, you also have black flies. And on top of it, Sydney, who had never been put into this pack and play before, and I expected her to be all like calm, and she was whining the whole time because she didn't want to be in there. Which I don't blame her, well, but I can't just put her on the floor because she can't walk yet. It was hell. It was so and hot. And it was so hot. Eyes were on every part of our exposed yeah. skin, biting and crawling and buzzing. Right. And so I, so I was like, well, I'm gonna take Sydney and we're gonna go in the car and turn and turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> And so Joel's like, yeah, Joel's like, okay, I'm going to go across the road to see if there's a, um, a camp spot that has softer ground, maybe. Right. And so he went across the road, and then he found one, and then I drove the car over. And we bas- I basically stayed in the car with Sydney with the air conditioning on while she stood on my lap and pretended to drive the car, like held on the steering wheel. <laughs> That was fun. was profusely, dehydrated, going insane because of the crawling things all over my <laughs> and, and trying to hammer with a rock plastic stakes, which the stakes were now breaking, <laughs> and into the ground, and, and putting together this thousand-piece puzzle of a tent <laughs> that was so heavy and difficult and, and overwhelming. I think it literally took me probably until we got in there probably, what, midday, like the hottest. Oh, wait, I forgot to point out something. Before we moved across the way to the other campground, we had seen a car or a truck, I can't remember, drive in. It went into into that parking space. It sat there for a few seconds, and then it drove away really fast. Remember that? Yes, yeah. Oh, and then we saw a helicopter flying over. No, that's later, wasn't it? I don't remember. Well, yeah, there's somebody driving around very... Yeah, and the park, and the, the campground... Looking at all the different yeah, and the campground isn't that big, really. It's not really that big. There's quite a few spaces. But you can hear... It's a campground. You can hear across the way. You can right. see... That's there wasn't a lot of people there. We were probably um, almost the only ones there, but this pickup. No, there was others, but they were far there. away. No, there wasn't very many. Most it's, of the sites were yeah. empty. Yeah, in your mind, you can't have a lot of people at this campground. It was pretty empty. The, these were young people, like driving a low rider vehicle, very shifty. Yeah, they would like, like park and then drive away, and then park and drive away and park. Yeah, and then later a helicopter comes as and it's like searching. Yeah, for somebody that was random. Well, well they, we don't know that. We else. thought maybe fire. Well, you're busy in the air-conditioned car with <laughs> Sydney playing, and then I'm 
And it literally took like two or three hours to build the stupid tent. To build this tent. But then what's cool is Bonnie and Dan got there. And my parents. And, and they I, brought food. They brought <laughs> lots of food. And the, once the sun set, the temperature dropped and the bugs started leaving. Yeah, they started leaning, leaving and it got a cool. Yeah. And then we started a fire. Yeah, it was really nice. She brought like, what did she bring? The paper wrapped or the foil wrapped, like, you know. I don't know. Oh, Chinese food? No, no, no. You put you get foil oh, and you right. put all the ingredients the in the foil, and right. then you put it in the middle of the fire and it, it cooks was, it all. Yeah, it was, yeah, with potato. Yeah, onion, that was fun. And hamburger meat. Yeah. Together. Yeah, and you put it in there uh, because of because of course Bonnie used to be a Girl Scout, yeah. so. <laughs> and and our, my den leader when I was in Tiger Cubs and Tiger yeah, Cubs. and and so and that was all wrapped in yeah. foil, all stacked, so all the juices of each vegetable. Yeah, and I think go together in the salt and pepper. I think by this time Cindy was already asleep yeah, in the pack and play, but we still hadn't put her in the tent. We were outside. We we just enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, it was so nice. Yeah, he, he brought the guitar, and then we had s'mores. Yeah, it was just a perfect, that section was perfect. Right, and then, Joel, we're all relaxing. Oh, we were actually enjoying the music that we were making, and then it was getting close to 10 o'clock, and I said, oh, guys. Yeah, we have to be quiet. Let's be quiet. Because it echoes, and I get it. Yeah, more people oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. We forgot to point out that the campsite near us we started seeing all these cars come, and we start started seeing these huge, I mean, huge coolers come out of, we don't know what's in them. Literally, a car, would, a car would come out, and a huge cooler, and then another car would come, and another huge cooler. So there's at least 15 of these huge coolers at this camp spot. Well, and, and all the sites had filled up while we were having fun eating dinner and everything. Um, yeah, more people came. It's kind of like everyone knows that you come after dark, and then you parter, party, I guess, and yeah, we're the dumb ones. I don't even know what happened there. We're stupid. So, so, but Joel's like, okay, we have to be quiet. Yeah. And then we're all just staring at each other in the dark. And then we so then tired. we're like, well, no, we didn't really get tired. It's just we couldn't do anything because we had to be quiet. So we're like, I guess we go to bed. Stupid Joel trying to be considered. <laughs> so, so then Joel, Sydney, um, sorry, I grab Sydney and I take her in the tent, and then eventually Joel and then um oh and by the way Bonnie and Don bought their own tent but they ended up sleeping in ours because it was like a mansion, so <laughs> which was smart. So they ended up just sleeping in the other room and me and Joel and Sydney were in the other room. Yeah, it was two rooms. And, didn't I sleep and a little, like, middle part where you can, like, meet in the middle. It was yeah, huge. I slept outside, didn't I? I slept right outside. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you slept outside. It was so hot. Oh, my God. Actually, I was on top of the sleeping Yeah, there's no... You didn't even need a sleeping bag. It was baking. Yeah. It was so hot. I mean, it was cooler, but not Yeah. And it's part of the experience of camping, so it was okay. But, yeah, it was hot. As soon as we went to bed... Well, we fell asleep, and probably like 1 a.m. People keep coming in. More and more traffic comes in. Every site gets full of more and more people, and all those ice chests were 
they had to have been full of beer and other... And those uh, people were actually beer. really cool at the beginning. Well, and then... Then, then started they drinking. Louder and louder and, and the, louder and getting into arguments. There's this couple... No, no, that was later. Oh, okay. Wait, I know the story really well, so let me talk. Sorry. <laughs> so, around 1 a.m., I wake up, but I don't, like, say anything to anyone. I just, like, open my eyes because I hear show, show tunes blasting from one of the campsites. They were singing every single show tune that you can think of or commercials or anything that was pop culture at the time. Forget about being considerate. Oh, my God. And it was loud and obnoxious. And the reason I say obnoxious because it was 1 a.m. and I was <laughs> told to be quiet earlier. I suppose if they were singing on key and in harmony, it would have been nice, but it probably wasn't that. Well, I don't remember. But yeah, it was annoying. And then it just went on and on and on and on hours. for hours. And I would say probably about... Three or four in the morning. Three or four in the morning, we heard... Well, there was... Arguing a couple. No, that was after. Oh, That's was it after? Yes. Oh, okay. So, so it's so loud now. It's just like everybody's talking and laughing and singing. And yeah. Me recorded music. But I think there was just one campsite doing yeah. this. Well. I think it was. All right. Well, they invited everybody on the planet. They did. I think it was everyone. It was probably like 50, 80, 100 people. It was huge. Right next to where we were. So around. And then all of a sudden. We heard a gun. Shot. Go off. And someone go, shut that bleep up. Really loud. And we were like, oh my God. Threatened. Everybody. Yeah, they said, if you, if you, if don't, you don't shut up, I'm going to I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, right. And we were like. Shooting up a gun and threatening all of us to be quiet. So I was like, oh my gosh. All our eyes are wide open. Yeah, and the whole party just got dead silent. Really silent. And and I and Bonnie goes, Joel, get in the tent. And so Joel comes in the tent. Like a tent's gonna protect I know, huh? And then we all just sit there. And I was like, How long have you guys been up? And they're like, We've been up for a while and I'm like, I've been up for a while. Oh my gosh. But and we did, we were at first we were scared, obviously. Right, because is this guy going to run around in, on a rampage and start shooting people right. because they're not quiet? And then Everybody it was, was just quiet. nice and quiet. It was beautiful. That was so the best period. We all fell asleep. But then, but then these drunk, this couple, these freaking idiot couple starts arguing. That's right. Oh, my God, I wanted to kill them. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I You're the one who shot off. I know. No, it wasn't me. So this couple starts going, but you said this. Oh, but I heard you say this. Oh, but I heard you say this. Oh, but you did this. Oh, I, wanna, I, I wanted to scream out, just break up. Like, I was so annoying. And then that, that went on for a little while, and then finally they got quiet. And then, um... Oh, and the didn't the helicopter no. flying over with the spotlight? I don't remember that. Yes. That was earlier, Joel. That was before okay. all of this. So it must have been... The helicopter was flying over after dark because it was looking for the... We think maybe it was looking for those suspicious... Yeah, that helicopters. car. All right. But we never heard what happened with that, but that was earlier. 
But so, they keep so then, up. yeah, so then they finally stop. They finally pass yeah. out, thank God. Yeah. We all pass out. But like then it's like, it's like 4 a.m. Yeah. And then like 5 a.m. We yeah, have a spotlight. Well, there's a spotlight in our face. In the, going through the walls of our tent. Yes. And the knock on the door, yeah. well, if I you call it. <laughs> and it's a, it's a cop. It's probably the county sheriff. And he asks us if we heard a gunshot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then he says, did you shoot it? <laughs> and I should have said I wanted to. No. <laughs> I said, we were like, no. And then he, like, looked in our tent for a while. Yeah, shining the flashlight in our tent. Yeah. And then did he say something else? I can't remember. I don't know. It, it was just basically investigating what happened. Right. And then he ends up leaving. Basically and then, like then all the other campers. Yeah, the I guess. And then the sun comes out. And by this time, we're like, let's just get up because it was so annoyingly annoying. And so we get up and then um, we just start doing our routine, basically. And I'm looking around at all the other campgrounds and everyone's just doing their routine or they're sleeping. It's like nothing ever happened. And so, um, we made breakfast. Well, yeah, Don starts making, well, uh, the thing. So we're all just, we're so exhausted. We're just laying there and the sun is now up. Yeah. And, and so the I'm, heat again, staring up at the canopy, of the oaks, and I could hear the buzzing and the, all the bugs are in the oak canopy. Yeah. On us yet. They're just waiting up because there. they're they were sleeping. There's wasps and bees and all sorts of, yeah, the, the, uh, and they're all hovering. The about. yellow jackets. And then we start making breakfast and we make uh, pancakes. pancakes and all the yes, Don was making them. And as soon as the food oh is my finished, God. all those yellow jackets yes. are on the Every food time I tell people this story, I go think of a yellow jacket holding a knife and a fork coming down and taking the hugest chunk out of your food and. And, like, flying away with it, because that's literally what they did. Or they decided the batter would taste really good, and we had yellow jackets swimming in the batter before we even made the pancakes. And one or two is not real, but this is, like, overwhelming amount. Yes, a lot of yellow jackets and the black flies back in our face. And we were supposed to stay two nights we ended up staying one night. Well, we were all looking at each other after, after getting through breakfast, and the temperature is just skyrocketing. It's probably going to be over 100 degrees. Yes. And the sun is just burning through our skin. Yes. We look at each other, and we decide. Let's leave. Let's go to Laguna Beach. <laughs> we'll go to Laguna Beach. <laughs> our experience at Laguna Beach. And we drive, drive down Ortega Highway and get to the ocean, to Heisler Park in Laguna Beach, and the temperature difference is <laughs> like 30 degrees, degrees difference, at least, 30, maybe 40. <laughs> like we're shivering at the beach. And we're able to it was so nice. to the beach and, um, and enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> but that, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think it's one of the most memorable camping experiences I had. Yeah. I mean, for, not for, for bad reasons. Yeah, not the best. Yeah. yeah. I've, had, I've had more exhilarating <laughs> So basically, lesson learned is I'll never go camping in the middle of summer. At Blue Jay Camp. At Blue Jay, we've yeah. done it at. Um, Blue Jay's great in the winter. Time. We did it at Matoha. You know why? I picked Blue Jay is because Pat 
Patrick met. Yeah, Patrick I know. You went there before. I worked with at Santiago Park. Uh, mm. We had gone there and camped in the off season, and we had the whole campsite to ourselves. The weather was perfect. And I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to get my family there. Right. Biggest mistake. Yeah, never go in July. <laughs> in July. It was awful. It was. It was, yes, that was crazy. Well, that is an excellent story. Thank you for sharing that, Leslie. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, we are going to close this podcast with a quiz show called Sage Scrub Superman. Thanks to Kirk Pickler, he gave us that title. And this is the point where we test our guests' natural and cultural history knowledge. All right. So, uh, are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. You ready? Yes. All right, cool. So, um, first question. Um, let's see. Oh, I got it. All right. So, uh, there are... There's a favorite food source for the coast horned lizard. What is it? I don't know. Oh, ants. Yes, what kind of ant? Um, Think of Bug's Life. Yeah, the harvester ants. Oh, one for Leslie. Let's see if Sydney can take this away from her. So Leslie's one point. Um, next question is, um, what is the name of the tribe that occurs on the Northern Channel Islands and... Santa Barbara, Ventura, San Luis Obispo. The Shumash. Ooh, very good. All right. Um, what is the name of the mountain range? What is, what's the name of the mountain range in the Angeles National Forest? San Bernardino. Ooh, you lost the point there, yeah. Sydney. Where, where, I'm sorry? The Angeles National Forest. Um, Mount Baldy? Well, that is in no, the that's in point. So what's the name of the mountain range? There's also a mission name. It's uh, saint names. You're running out of time. Ten, nine, eight, seven. I don't know. Five, four, three, initials SG. San Gabriel? Yes. San Gabriel. San Gabriel. Very good. Um, so... Uh, how can you tell the difference between a male and a female California newt? The males have a long, thin tail and a bulge, where a bulge should be, <laughs> and the females don't. Ooh, very nice. Very so nice. then what does a tail look like on a female? Short and not as skinny. You mean more skinny? It's short and it's more skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. I'll accept that. Um, so, uh, let's see here. What is, what's the name of a lizard species that lives in oak leaf litter and looks like it's made out of glass, very glossy, and has a blue tail? A skink? Oh, nice. A skink. Very good. Um, let's see. What tree is related to poison oak? that um, there's one from Peru and one from Brazil. Oh, Peru and Brazil. Yeah, you can you take the little 
fruit from it and, and dry roast them and use them just like the black form that you'd buy from the store. Not that it's related. Walnut? No. No, no. Come on, it's a tree. Oh, olive? No. Starts with a P. Peruvian and Brazilian. Five, four, three, two, one. Pepper tree. Oh. Oh. All right. Um, Baby. Let's see. What is a characteristic of the buckwheat family as well as the carrot family? It reminds me of rainy days because of the tool the human-made tool that resembles this part of the plant structure. Shelter? Think about buckwheat. Oh, oh, what did Sydney say? Umbrella. So what, what is the botanical term for that? It's not an umbrella, but it looks like one. It Umbel. Like umbel. Very good. All right. So um, we're almost done with the quiz. How many points do you have, Sydney? A lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. So, um, hmm. Uh, what is the name of the gland that the Western toad or California toad has that makes it toxic to eat? On the toxic head. gland. It starts with a P. Do you give up? The peritoid gland. Alright, sorry about that one. Okay, what is the highest peak in the in the hmm. Oh if I give the <laughs> this this is not gonna work. If I give the name of the mountain range, it will give away the name of the highest peak. Um hmm. let's see, what's our final question gonna be? I will say I know. How does a pallid bat hunt for its food? Bad question. Oh, yeah. I know. I got it. What pollinates the yucca plant? Oh, it's a moth. And what is the name of the moth? Bonus point. I don't remember the name, do you? You can't fail me now. It's too easy. The yucca moth? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the yucca moth. Yay. Fanfare for both of you. You get a thousand points. Yay. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for being my guests on our inaugural edition of Barefoot and Bearded. I am your host, Joel Robinson, and we have... Leslie and Sydney. Thank you so much. Uh, since since uh, well, since we're leaving, what would you say in Tongva language? Yamochene. Ooh, impressive. And I must say, awesh I'm very happy that you were willing to do this with me, uh, and I look forward to other people joining me here at in my home office in Lad Canyon. Uh, the Home Office for Naturals for you. And if you have any suggestions, if you want to be a guest or anything at all, you can call... 
Here's an original song by Dave Hebert, who passed away a few years ago. I sure miss you, my friend. One, two, three, one, two, three. Was headed up north to some Lodi town, but I'd circle stopped in before I'd lay down I said that's okay I can sleep when I'm dead that's the kind of things that run through your head we were headed to Weimar crossroads near Mike's that long hair and beard would be a welcome sight We were on the right road and were 80 bound But Auburn Ravine, well, it couldn't be found It was one, two, three Four times I got lost that day It was one, two, three Four times that I lost my way It was one, two, times that I was alone It was one, two, three Four times away from my home We were expected up there About a quarter to eight But Davy's two seconds Assured that we delayed Gil said, Dave, he's been off but that bell was okay. They'd been living the life in California. Yeah. It was one, two, three, four times I got lost that day. It was one, two, three, four times that I lost my way. 